Welcome back to Screenfish Radio. I'm so glad that you could join us this week, and I'm thrilled to be back and bring an old friend to chat the Fablemans. Welcome back, Wade Bearden. I'm excited to have you. Hey, thanks, Steve. I'm always up to talk Steven Spielberg, so I've been waiting for this call. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for it. It finally came. I mean, I I have you on speed dial when it comes to Spielberg, so uh, (laughs) I do appreciate that. The Fablemans tells the story of young Sammy Fableman as he falls in love with movies after his parents take him to see the greatest show on earth. Armed with a camera, Sammy starts to make his own films at home, much to the delight of his supportive mother. The film is directed by Steven Spielberg as a partial biography of his life. And as always, this podcast is rated S for spoilers. But Wade, what did you think of The Fablemans? Rated S for spoilers and rated S for Spielberg. Well, (laughs) you know, Steve, it is my reputation as a Spielberg fan precedes me. I am just kind of in awe of his work. I've seen all of his movies, even his TV films, his made-for-TV films. And as this film was about to be released, there were trailers that were uh, hitting TV, internet, and it said, you know, the film that that fans have been waiting decades for. And the reason being is because it is, like you said, semi-autobiographical. Spielberg really leans into his upbringing. And for those of us who have studied his life, read about his life, there are a couple of great documentaries out there about Spielberg. Uh, this is not going to come as a surprise. What happens in the film is not going to come as a surprise. And saying that to be able to have someone like like Spielberg who is is not like a, we were, we were talking about James Cameron earlier he, he's not somebody who uh is uh public I, well he's public but he's but he's not someone who's who's always um promoting himself in a way he's he's more comfortable um with his influences he's told his story for him to kind of really turn the camera specifically or explicitly inward uh is is really powerful here he's talked about his life and in 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 each way every movie he's made has been about his life but this is a film that really kind of puts all of those pieces together and we get in many ways his vision of of art uh, influences for him personally motivations for him he really kind of digs deep and says, why, like, why am I doing this? And what does art mean to me? And so as a Spielberg fan, it's really special to see that for, for us to say, well, like he, like, this is, this is what motivates him. This is what drives him. And we've kind of heard about this before, but we we get to see it in the medium that he helped to define uh, the last number of decades. And so, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty special film and I really liked it. You know, I absolutely agree. I this um, I saw the film uh, at the film festival in Toronto, uh, and the the crowds were going nuts for it. There's a, Spielberg has a way of telling a story in a way that makes it feel almost mythical, um, mm-hmm. even if it's about his own his own life. And I I think this is such an interesting project because I can't think of another example of a director who has had a, or a filmmaker who's had an incredible career and is, you know, 
He's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still still cranking out great products. Last year was guess, West Side Story. Um, and people were talking about that as being a Best Picture winner. But I don't know if I've ever seen a director say, I'm not going to let anybody else tell my story hmm. for me. I have the time and the ability to share a story that matters to me, that encompasses my life, or aspects of it. It's not It's not called the Spielbergs for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen anybody who can say this and say, let me tell you my story in such a way that people are going would go nuts for it and have it have it feel so special as mm. this one does. It's so fascinating to me because the film feels big, but is incredibly small. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say there's a ton that happens. I mean, no. in the life of this family for sure, but plot-wise, it, it you're it's interesting what you're saying. Like being kind of hard pressed to find something similar to this in other people's work. We've we've been introduced to films before that are semi-autobiographical. So something like Roma or Belfast, where it's, hey, this is my life, this is me growing up. But this film is different because it essentially reveals how Spielberg became a director. And I could I could see a story like this being created by someone else yes. after Spielberg passes away. And it's like, this is the focus of Spielberg's early life. Um, and, and so it really is interesting. And I think I think there are going to be people um, that really get into it and people don't. Because it is a hard, it's a hard topic to tackle and a story to tell. Because you have this famous director who's basically talking about how he was a prodigy. Like, he he's basically yeah. saying, when I was a kid, I was actually... I thought about filmmaking in ways that certain professionals don't now. And so that's that's really tough. And then at the same time, he digs into really deep topics. Uh, I think divorce is probably one of the central motifs of this movie. And it's definitely one of the defining moments in Spielberg's life. And yet, this story is almost kind of mythical. This is not a story that's rough and... And real it, it really just kind of sinks into a marital strife. Uh, it, it's not something that's that's uh, I would say incredibly gritty or even super realistic. There's a polish to it. Um, there's a sentimentality to it that sort of undergirds a lot of Spielberg's work. So I think there are going to be people who really get on this train and people who don't. But for someone who is this mythical American character and he's telling the story about his life. I thought the, the, the delivery mechanism for this movie really worked for me. It was heartbreaking, but also kind of beautiful in many ways. Well, the Spielberg's films, the marker of all of Spielberg's films pretty well is a sense of optimism, even in the films that aren't yeah. optimistic. And, yeah. and you're, you're absolutely, I see, I like what you said there because in the hands of anyone else, I feel like it would just be like, look at how great yeah. I am. But Spielberg, yeah. he he does it in such a way that he's like, it, it almost feels, <sighs> humble isn't the right word, but it's, 
mm-hmm. because he's telling his own story, but he's just sort of it's just sort of honest in but in an optimistic mm-hmm. way. Like you said, this isn't marriage story. He's not sitting yeah. there saying, "Look at how my parents ruined my life," and he could, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he could, he could, and but he doesn't. I don't know. It's it, there's a loving way, loving reflection on every character, even the the villains of this that, yeah. that is remarkable, and it's funny because this this feels like a goodbye movie, but I know with him it's not. That's what I mean. It, mm. it feels like. He wanted to do this before anyone did it for him. Yeah. And and that's what it's, it's such a strange mix to me. And I don't think that anybody else could have pulled it off without it, you know, and and there were no callbacks. Like there was no scene with him playing with dinosaurs and saying, one day, (laughs) one day, you know, it's not like. He's like. Here's my favorite stuffed animal. His name is extraterrestrial. Yeah, yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> I didn't There's, even think about that. But he wasn't. He wasn't eating Reese's pieces and going, <laughs> and, and the camera like, wow. looking longingly at it, like, oh, okay. It, it is that. funny. You, it's funny you say that because uh, on my notes here, I wrote down Easter eggs. Okay, yeah. and. For people who are pretty familiar with Spielberg's work, even maybe people who aren't, because we all kind of know about his work, even if we're, we haven't seen all of his movies. Uh, he does a nice job of helping to kind of reveal some, some, uh, some influences on particular stories. So you definitely have like E.T., the, the the divorce aspect mm-hmm. um he he makes a movie a film a war film and he actually did do that when he was yeah. when he was a, a kid and uh, you see some of the okay well yeah he would go on to make saving private ryan and, and others you see certain fascinations in this film and if if you're really into spielberg it's kind of like that meme with leonardo dicaprio where he's like you know pointing at the tv yeah um but it's it's nothing too over the top and it's it's not it's not like you said he plays he's playing with dinosaurs or <laughs> or whatever but but it's just it's just on the edges enough to where you can kind of appreciate okay that you know that's why he always that's why he always taught like, like parenthood and parents and and absent parents are kind of a big thing in his work or uh the uh there's a clip going around of, of Spielberg being asked about close encounters of the third client kind it's kind of gone viral uh at the uh is it the the actor studio mm. and uh the the question is asked you've got you've got these scientists trying to to talk to these aliens and music and art trying to talk to science and numbers and was that your parents and Spielberg is like in this clip like oh i i guess like maybe it was uh like he like he maybe he maybe maybe he heard that for the first time or maybe he was just playing like he heard it for the first time i don't know um but in this film you see those influences You're like i get that like the communication between his mother and father that it it's not antagonistic they just they're two different people and it's hard for them to talk to each other uh so you see those kind of small easter eggs throughout the picture but it's done in a very you know tasteful uh tasteful way yeah, I, I think I think what you're saying there is true because there, when you, oh, I I would even question whether the term Easter eggs is the right term. Yeah, because probably not. It's not a direct callback. It's like, look, yeah. 
if anything, the films that he's made now feel like Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Like this, because now we're saying, okay, well, this was pieces of his story. And now we look back on, now, again, like, I followed Spielberg, not to the depth that you have. But, I mean, now with this one, I look back and I say, okay. Like you said, influences. But I feel like his emphasis on story and and even he takes the lens off himself in some ways, even though the film is very much, I mean, I mean, really the film is about Sammy Fableman. Mm-hmm. Um, but he puts such an emphasis on storytelling mm-hmm. that I think that it almost takes away from it being about him, if that makes any sense. Like this is this again, this isn't Spielberg saying I'm king of the world, you know, this is. Yeah. Uh, which, speaking of Avatar, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yes. Let's not turn it into that. But, but in all seriousness, like Spielberg does this in such a way that it, he never comes across as waving a flag and saying, look at what I've done. Yeah. It just feels like he, he's saying, okay, you want to know? Here, here, let's, let's tell some stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I really do appreciate how he sammy creates stories and he creates movies and he creates good stories good films Mm. but he doesn't quite realize some of the influences that go into his stories or even Mm. he he doesn't even know why he makes certain choices Mm. and i think it could have been easy to read to read his future success into his uh, younger self a little bit more and said, well, you know, the reason he made this choice is because intuitively he realized this, uh, he, re- but Sammy doesn't understand how his art connects to his real life. He's still trying to figure that out. Mm. I, I know we're probably going to, we might as well jump into it now, but one of my sure. favorite sections of the film is when Sammy creates the senior beach day movie and he premieres it. And essentially one of the bullies who's after him is the villain in that film. And then the other villain is, is the hero. And there's this great scene in the hallway where the second bully who is the hero in the movie is basically like, why did you do that? And Sammy can't really answer it. And so I'm, I'm, you know, you're, you're thinking through, and it's like, well, okay, maybe he did it because intuitively he realized you need a, you need a good hero and you need a good villain for a movie to be accepted, and for it to be compelling. Maybe that's it. Maybe he did it for revenge, and he wanted to put the spotlight on both of those individuals and place one into the villain category and then put the other one in a category he could never live up to. Maybe he wanted to impress one of the bullies and he wanted him to protect him from the other. There's all the, and then maybe uh, he wanted to help one of the bullies get back with his girlfriend that he cheated on because it reminded him of his parents and their relationship. And he was using his art to fix that in a way he couldn't at home. And are those right? I, all of them could be right. One or two of them could be right. Sammy doesn't know, and we're not given a definitive answer. And I think that's a great look 
for Spielberg at his younger self and, and perhaps even throughout his career. He's making these choices. He's crafting uh, characters in E.T. where the father has abandoned the family. He's talking about couples who can't communicate with each other in in Close Encounters of, of the Third Kind. He, you know, there are all these types of stories and it's almost as if he's looking back and saying, I, I don't know why I did that, but I'm starting to realize maybe it's because of what happened to me when I was a child. And I just, I, I love that um, honesty from him in this picture. I love the scene that you're talking about there because that, oh man, this is this is what I'm saying about the film. The he, the the one thing I the thing I like about this film so much is that if you're going to tell your own story, he may be the central character, but I think the hero in this film isn't Sammy Fableman. I think it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the real hero in this film, because when he tells a story, it changes mm-hmm. the room every time. Yeah, and and you know the. Uh, although... Even when even when he finds out his his parents uh, his mom's cheating on his dad and he storytelling is the is the way that he communicates that yeah he puts her in the well it sounds terrible to say he puts her in the closet <laughs> but I mean he puts her in the closet yeah. and says this is it and he shows it to her and it's just like it, it and somehow it's it's it seems more powerful that way than if he said I know what you did last oh, summer. Uh, <laughs> and and um, we we saw the clips earlier in that yeah. really great scene where he he figured it out. We don't watch the film again. I think maybe we see a couple of clips and then it it cuts away um during part of it and it's it's a really interesting. I mean, once again, he's using his art to express himself or he's using art to comfort other people. Like art is the way that he's exercising control over his world and and there they allude to that at the beginning with the train you know the yeah. train sequence and that crashing he needs to control it well you know it okay so side note judd hirsch is the one of the quiet mvps of this film and he's in it for like mm-hmm. four minutes mm-hmm. um there there's oscar talk for him literally walking into the bedroom and going off on the kid with his speech oh, and man. then he leaves it's but it's great. such a phenomenal phenomenal performance so as uncle boris one of the things he says is that art is dangerous and a lion's mouth and we're sort of talking about this already but i was wondering what do you think do you what do you think the power of art is and do you agree with that is art dangerous and a lion's mouth yeah you know i i don't know if hersh's character is supposed to be a reliable narrator uh, and okay. so we can't take everything at face value, but I think what he's attempting to say is, is you have power with art, and we see that in the film. One, he catches his mom with art, and two, he has the ability to dictate the emotions of the two bullies because mm-hmm. of his senior his senior movie. And so when he talks about that, th- there's there's power in that art it it can change the perceptions of the people around you um, it can be dangerous in many ways for especially for him personally when when one of the bullies comes after him and i so so in one sense 
you know, is Hirsch this reliable narrator, this this wise sage? I, I'm not necessarily, but his time, his experiences in life help him to realize that like art isn't just safe. Like it's not just fun and games. And Spielberg kind of sees his video camera and the little movies he makes that like they're just fun. And it's not that way. And um, yeah, I mean, we even see that in the scene where he's filming the, the war picture and he's talk he's giving direction to that one character who's supposed to just kind of keep walking. And it's revealed like there's something happening in Spielberg in his life and in his family and it's overflowing into what he's filming and what he's doing. I say Spielberg, Sammy, but Sammy. essentially right they're 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 the same person. <laughs> well, see, that's a funny thing and again, like I'll talk about this in a, a few minutes I'm sure, but it's not him. It is him. It's not yeah. him. Like But a lot of the it... stuff that happens to Sammy is what is what happened to Spielberg. Like, exactly. This is yeah. it's such a fascinating line to walk. But I, I love what you're saying because it, it, that scene where they're first of all for two reasons I love that scene where he's filming the war the war movie first of all it feels like a little window into old school filmmaking mm -hmm. I try to explain this to the youth that I work with or even my own kids because mm -hmm. they're like oh that that film is so cool or that you know oh yeah look at Doctor Strange or Avatar or all this stuff and it's like okay that's great but like. When, when they're making Star Wars, and I know Spielberg's not associated with that, when they're making Star Wars, they're looking at this stuff, they had to, like, invent the magic. Mm -hmm. they, didn't, they didn't just plug it into the computer screen to see what popped out on the other side. They, they had to do yeah. these things. And you see a little window of that Spielberg with the, you know, the board, and he kicks up the dust and stuff like that. And I'm like, this, this is the sort of thing... That I'm like, oh man, you see there, and then you see it on screen, and there's magic in that moment. Yeah, there's yeah. magic and a purity in that little that in that simple burst of dust. It's so fascinating to me. But the other reason I love it is that scene where he's where he's coaching that actor, and and he's or that that young actor, and he's trying to get him to 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 feel in the moment, and he just keeps walking. He's like, I want you to walk away, and I I could be wrong whether it's like. I could be wrong. Forgive me whether it was a line. I don't remember if it was a line or a film or just what I thought. I'm like, is he coming back? <laughs> you know, he's just, yeah. he's just still going because, because to him, it was saying a line, but, but Sammy helps him feel it and helps him mm -hmm. realize, give meaning to the moment other than this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to feel. And I think that's the power of art is that the stories and the perspectives and per perceptions they can change the room positively or negatively and spielberg yeah. knows that um but like that going back to like you said the 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 beach day that mm -hmm. scene in the hallway is phenomenal like it's oh, just yeah. a brilliant scene i love it because he changed the game yeah and, and all he did was take moments that everyone experienced together, put them together a certain way, and you change the power of that story. Uh, and he does it, I think, in a in a healthier way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it you know, and, and there's a danger to that. The lion's mouth comment, maybe, but I like that you said it's not safe. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, you know, art is art is powerful because of meaning.
Mm-hmm. I really, I really think that's the case, and it, 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 it yeah. comes across on this film so beautifully. Well, and and it also comes to mind like how powerful, uh, how much influence a director like that has yeah. because Spill or Sammy change changes the memory of Beach Day. Yeah. So they might not be thinking about and I forget the character's name, one of the bullies or either one, like they're just kind of there. But now when they think about Beach Day, they think about the movie that Spielberg made. So he has the ability to warp perception, warp memory just by controlling um, his movie. And it is funny you say meaning. So I, it, this is a good example of how certain films hit people differently. And sometimes it's just personal experience. Sometimes you watch a movie, a lot of people love it, and you're like, that's a well-made movie, but it didn't, I don't know, I it, it just didn't connect to it. And other times you watch a movie and you're like, man, that was me. And uh, so so growing up, I actually, I wanted to be a filmmaker. And so watching watching Sammy's story, I felt like kind of watching my story. Mm-hmm. I, I started out before digital editing and so what you had to do is record on your vhs and you had to play from one vhs to another and hit record like that's how you edited and so when he's editing uh these film strips and you're thinking about how hard and how laborious it is and it's like man i i i really and then he's using firecrackers and i i remember i wanted an explosion once in one of my films and so what i had to do is uh, create a board and put it in front of a fan, tie it in front of a fan, and strap smoke bombs on it. You light them, you turn the fan on, and then you just run and kind of jump in front of it. And so, like the burst of smoke, coupled with with your action in the films and the camera's placement, you you create something that kind of looks like a, a little bit of an explosion. And so you're what you know as I'm watching this and. I'm, and once again, I'm a Spielberg fan, but I'm watching his inventiveness. And it's the idea like you don't have digital effects back yeah. back whenever we made it. At least I had access, didn't have access to it. And so, yeah, it's just it, it's fascinating how it creates that meaning in you. And uh, that goes back to just him also acknowledging his desire to control is what fed into his, his uh, interest in filmmaking to control and to create create and there is that fine line between director and self-perceived god right and and it's it's nice to 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 uh have him be honest about about that connection be like yeah like that's part of the reason why i went into this is because i like to control i like to control what's on the screen and control these moments and and create them for other people to see and, you know, it, that plays into so much, I think, of him telling his own story, as you were saying there, because we talk about the, the separation of, of his parents and I, I was, uh, what was it, uh, Seth, Seth Ro- uh, not Rogan, Seth Rogan, it was Seth Rogan's mm-hmm. character. Yeah, um, Benny. Benny, Benny. And I'm like, here, this, that's a traumatic thing for any child to go through. Mm. But he controls the story now. He's to and and you know there were things about his story that you know from my understanding that his dad didn't know that he knew and that he you know and and he didn't know about his dad you know uh, uh, growing up and all these things but now he's got control of the story and how he shares it shapes 
shapes the way that we view his history. Mm-hmm. Um, which actually is interesting because there's a conversation that Sammy has with his dad. Because, of course, his dad is, you know, bootstraps and numbers. Like, let's, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah. and his dad at one point bursts out and says, make something real, not imaginary. He mm-hmm. says, I want to make movies, though. But I, I just... I was I, that that line really sort of tapped into it for me. Mm. I'd love to know what you think, because are movies real or imaginary? Mm. And obviously, yeah, I'm not talking a... about dinosaurs or anything like that. But <laughs> the the stories, yeah, it, it it is fascinating how he captures he captures both his mother and his father and their perspectives and. There's so much nuance. Uh, it's funny because you have a character in the film, the Sammy's first girlfriend, the the Christian girl, who's just kind of a kind of a walking cliche. Like, oh yeah, I I, I mean, I grew up in church, and and I've never met anyone like that. I mean, I've met some pretty cheesy Christians, but that's a little over the top. And, and yet, you you see his dad, who supports him and buys all this equipment for him but then is also kind of like and eh, i don't really think this is like i don't think you have a future in this yeah. and it's so easy it could have been so easy to go on either way where it's like you know he just doesn't support his dreams or anything like that it's and it's it's not the case there's some nuance there and then you have his mom who i mean she's she supports everything he, he does but at the same time she's she's a firecracker right yeah and i just i you know i I really appreciate that but in terms of like movies it it's movies are real in the sense that art moves us in so many ways and it's like what's the definition of art and there there's so many people that try to define it but i think one of the easiest the the best and simplest de- definitions is art is is something that moves us emotionally hmm. that doesn't mean it doesn't move us logically but it connects to us on an emotional sense and then affects our logic and so when we look at a beautiful painting it moves us and, and it pushes us to consider the nature of our lives when we watch a film it pushes us to consider the perspectives of other people or it connects to us and um, this piece of ourselves that we forgot existed. So it really does move us. And now how long does it move us? Where does it move us? It just all depends on, on the art and, and ourselves. Um, but that's, that's real. And, you know, we're both Christians and there's this kind of, there's kind of this debate or like uh, Christianity is, is it, is it a, a religion where we just really need to connect emotionally with God, or is it something where we need to know God and know the character of God and learn the Bible intellectually? And the truth is God created the head and the heart. And so instead of pitting them against each other, we see how they work together, that God created our emotions and God experienced it. We, we, we read about him experiencing anger or love or this or that. And so when we look at film, there's this tendency to kind of mark it down as just like pure entertainment or uh, or something that doesn't exist, but it it does in a way that maybe uh, 
a textbook doesn't. So, so yeah, the answer is yes. Like it, it's, it's real, just kind of how you define real, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what I was thinking is, is the relationship, the, the redefinition of, of what is it, what is true? Mm -hmm. and, and I was talking with somebody recently about, I, I forget the film, I was speaking with, uh, uh, so I was interviewing somebody about their film, and it was a biopic, and, uh, oh, it was for the inspection, that's what it was, and and mm. similar story, so he, he tells a story, uh, the writer-director, and it's essentially his story, but the character is not named after him, Yeah. and so I, I asked him, I said, is this your story? He says, well, there are parts of it that are, and there are parts of mm -hmm. it that are not. And we got into this fascinating conversation because I feel like we're at a place in our culture that we, we, we hear so many stories, we demand to know the nitty gritty. You know, I, I hear these mm -hmm. things as like, they, they'll watch the Elvis biopic or, the, or, or Rocket Man, and they'll say, <laughs> okay, but that didn't happen this way. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure he didn't dance down the street singing Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting as it as it was in the first, as it's shown in the yeah. first. But it's like, we demand to know this and we feel, we feel tricked. And it's like, mm -hmm. but every- Or we watch, we watch Tar and we think that it's real and we look it up on Wikipedia and we're like, oh, that's fictional. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, or, or everything though comes down to comes down to perspective especially when when you're dealing with story like documentaries have a perspective you know um two people can tell a story of spielberg's life and depict it slightly differently you know or, or take different or call out different things um you know i i found it fascinating and i'm not saying there's no such thing as truth or anything don't don't hear me say that but i'm saying like mm -hmm. perspective shapes the way we share it um, I remember years ago when Aronofsky, um, came out with Noah and, uh, which Noah, I mean, love it or hate it. It's fascinating on a number I, of levels. I remember the Noah Wars. Yeah. I remember we lost many a good fighters <laughs> during the Noah Wars. The Noah Wars. <laughs> I love it. But it, it, it's funny because again, it comes down, like, would you, if you want to read the story of Noah in scripture, it depict it tells it from a very specific perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and the Noah film tells it from an entirely different perspective. And I think you read it from scripture, it, it speaks of it from from a divine or from a divine perspective, from God's perspective. And when you read it in when you see the film, it's like this this perspective of where are you? Mm. It's a totally different way of viewing the same the same narrative, and mm -hmm. I know there's differences and all that stuff. I'm not arguing that, mm -hmm. but just merely stating that that I think I think there is something real about film, even if the film, like even if the facts are different. Like again, we said before, this isn't the Spielbergs. Mm. Um, this is the Fablemans, and Fable, even though it's spelled differently, is in the name. Mm -hmm. You know, in that way, the film sort of takes a mythic, mythological story or style yeah. to it. Yeah, I mean, do we really think that Spielberg discovered his mom had a relationship with his this family friend um, while he was editing a video? Like, do we? Re Probably not. But 
that scene is so powerful for all the reasons that we just said that this is a movie about the nature of art and how we cope with difficult circumstances in life and we seek to control those circumstances and so that scene of him discovering and revealing that affair through art says something pretty pretty important and that's cinema right that's that's important and i, I will note too so there's this great scene with uh, reggie fableman his sister uh, right. played by i believe it's julia butters and he is editing together i i think it's the summer beach film but it's after his his family uh, or his parents revealed that they were they were separating and she the sister accuses him of a number of different things and when i first saw that scene i was like okay i feel like she's being a little harsh but then i started thinking about the movie and i realized that this is a this is a film from the perspective of sammy's character I keep saying Sammy and Steven and mixing them up. It's Sammy, right? Sammy. And we're seeing it from his perspective. And in that scene, she gets to share her perspective on his actions. Yeah. And I thought that was really fascinating. She has an entirely different take on what he's done throughout this story from, from her vantage point. And, and that was really fantastic. And uh, two. Well, I first I, I want to make a couple points, but but Michelle Williams and Paul Dano, they're so good in this movie. Um, they're just they're really fantastic. But in terms of perspectives, so I appreciate what I appreciate what this movie says about divorce. It it really it reveals the effects of divorce. Like it's not just this little game yeah. where everyone's just trying to be happy. Like there are repercussions to that. But there's this scene, it's near the end of the film, it's after prom, and uh, Michelle Williams' character is in the kitchen, and she's basically saying, hey, like, I'm about to do the most selfish thing I've ever done, and I gotta do it to be happy, and to make Benny happy, and then she basically says, follow your heart. Hmm. And the camera kind of, like, moves back away from that scene, and it fades to black, and for a split second, Steve, I thought that was the end of the movie. Mm. And I was like, okay, like you get you get the perspective on divorce and those choices from like this current Hollywood vibe. Like it, it's follow your dreams. Okay. And I was like, and I'm kind of disappointed that that's the message we're going with here. But then the film cuts forward and we see... His father, Paul Dano, is not living in this warm house anymore. It's a very plain, cool apartment. Uh, he gets a picture seeing his wife with someone else, and that really hurts him. Hmm. And we see just a glimpse of the effects of that divorce on the family. And so what you get is you get this mom's perspective, follow your heart, but then you also get the repercussions. And I love how the film just kind of Let's us see both of those. And we walk away saying, yeah, like she made a choice that, that brought ha some happiness to her, but like, there's no right choice here. Like, th like there was going to be unhappiness somewhere. Someone's going to get hurt. And her choice might've actually caused more people to get hurt in the end. Who knows? Um, obviously as Christians, we have a particular perspective on divorce, but 
Spielberg allows us just to kind of see the hurt and the pain that goes alongside of that message of, you know, just follow your heart. You know, the, I love that you're saying that because the film does that in so many ways, but again, perspective and, and time. Like here, here he is and he's late, he's in his late seventies and he's looking back on his life with the similar, with a similar lens that he brings to his films, as we've already said, but it, I kept thinking as I'm watching, like he's, there is such a level of grace to his whole family throughout this film and he doesn't need to do it. Mm -hmm. he, he could easily, I mean, and, and we can, we can sit there and, and say, well, you know, uh, his mother made, certainly she's making some, some painful decisions. His mm. father, his father makes some painful decisions, yeah. different ones. Um, but the, it's, it's painted with such a brush of grace mm. that it's, I mean, this is this is the thing about the, and I'm not saying this is the greatest film of the generation or even necessarily or even of the year, but it's done in such a way that you can't help but 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 appreciate each member of his family for what they bring to the table, even if you don't agree with their decisions all the time. There is yeah. something about this particular way that he tells this story. Um, there are, there are people who make bad decisions, but there are so few villains, if any. Oh yeah. Uh, other than, you know, the obvious ones, like the, the, the kids who are bully, the anti, with anti-Semitic anti remarks, like that sort yeah. of thing. But when it comes to his family, I, he, he does it. There's no real villains. I, I'm amazed yeah. at that. That is just, that's remarkable to me. Yeah. His mom is captivating in many ways. His father, as I mentioned, um, is doesn't really believe in his dream yeah to be a filmmaker but still supports it and was like oh, i should have oh maybe you know but he's he's still there buying him equipment and giving him a place to stay and it's it's really just kind of fascinating how those characters are portrayed and it does make you it does make you wonder what spielberg would have been like if he wasn't able to forge his way through this situation with grace for both families or bo both sets of his family. Uh, uh, and you mentioned um, the positivity in, in his films, how he's there. They're always, well, I, I don't say always cause you've got films like AI Munich, but most of them are optimistic in many ways where it's like, there is real hurt and there is real pain but yet there's always the bright side. And the phrase that I've used about Spielberg for over a decade is he's always chasing the sunrise. And he, he's he's not afraid to like look at the sunset, but he's always chasing that that sunrise that's right in front of him. And uh, and then I, you know, the the end where he, oh, he meets so John Ford, uh, Sammy meets John Ford. Apparently, you know, Spielberg really did meet John Ford, and, and then the fact that you have David Lynch, um, you have David Lynch uh, playing that part. But even 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 what he says there, it's like high horizon is up high, horizon is is down low. And with Spielberg, he's not this ultra gritty, ultra realistic filmmaker. 
He's got the sentimentality. He's got the optimism. Like his films don't just peer at life from a purely rationalistic perspective. And that's what drives a lot of people crazy. He has his spin on the story mm. and he's got the John Williams music for the story. And, and, and that's, that's the horizon, man. It's never in the middle. It's up or down. Right. I love, I love that as he walks towards that sunrise, the camera's there and it's like, Oh wait. <laughs> and it like moves up. Yeah. It's, it's such a great moment. I would love to go back and in in the states here the film just released on VOD today the, mm -hmm. as of us recording this. I'd love to go back and watch and just pay attention to the horizon throughout the movie and see if there are certain scenes where it's in the middle for a specific reason or if it's always up or down. Like I I think there's probably something there. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I yeah. Um Honestly, the film is almost worth the price of admission just for the scene with him and John Ford. Oh, man. What a it's phenomenal point like to end the film. I'm like, this is just, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it is something special. It is such a, it is such a unique, it's such a unique way to tell your story. And, mm -hmm. and not that we it sounds silly to say that you know maybe like it's a type of film that is is good to hear at this time because i mean it's not that we just need optimistic films because that would be insanity we need mm -hmm. we need films that hurt and films that pull the layers back and and mm -hmm. show us um but it, there's just something it it's one of these sort of things that just like so many of his other films is that sort of makes you believe it makes you feel hope as you're as you're leaving the theater um yeah. and and stepping forward and you know going back to perspective for a minute um every film that every film you're ever going to see every story you're ever going to hear comes from that perspective everything everywhere all at once comes from a perspective you know um uh, avatar comes from a perspective all of these and maverick comes from a perspective and it's I love stories that entertain, of course, because mm -hmm. we all want them. But I'm not going to lie. I die a little bit inside every time somebody says to me, I just want to go into a theater and turn my brain off. I've heard that no. quote so many times. It, it die, <laughs> my soul dies. Spielberg has a way of leaving a mark after the theater or after the film is done in that you can be entertained, but still feel like he has something to say. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I really, truly appreciate that about about this particular film. And, and you always feel like you're watching a great artist. Um, even something like Jurassic Park, which obviously gives you something to think about, about man's desire to play God, uh, but is generally perceived as one of his more entertaining works. You... You see that uh, that footprint in the mud. You see the water uh, that's 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 moving because of the dinosaur, the T Rex is coming. You feel like you're watching someone at the height of their creative powers. Yeah. And um, sadly, today, uh, I guess I don't know. It's I'm sure it was. It's been true for as long as movies have been around. But there are a lot of uh, really popular blockbusters that, for me, are just kind of boring because. One, there's really nothing to think about. The story's okay, 
but there's really no craft involved. You don't feel like you're watching an artist at work, but someone who's just kind of managing the elements. And so I, I feel like I haven't seen as many great blockbusters as I used to for that reason. But then every once in a while, right, you'll get something like, um, like a Top Gun Maverick, or you'll get even get maybe, you know, there are times a good, a really good MCU film. Mm. And I know some people are listening is like, is that even possible? <laughs> and, you know, there are a number of, number of those movies that I do like, and I like the series as a whole. But you get these movies where you're like, I feel like I'm watching someone with a unique perspective and with vision and and in this artist is you know this is this is an artist and so yeah we get that with Spielberg we I mean we could go on and on about his placement of the camera here he's just uh he's really incredible like in every way and I think we just kind of take him for granted you know he didn't he didn't none of his films showed up on sight and sound I should have been the director's list uh Jaws did but on the top 100 critics list he's not on there and so I, I just think we're going to appreciate him more once he is gone and, and we don't get these near masterpieces every year. I mean, think about West Side Story. We talked about West Side Story. It's just an amazing film. We're getting those types of movies every few years from him or every year from him. And um, we need to appreciate him while he's around, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's absolutely true. And I mean, there there is a next generation that's coming up. You've got your Nolans and you've got your, you know, mm-hmm. Nolan is not as optimistic. Let's put it that way. But you've, you've got your Nolans and, and your, your Ryan Johnsons and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are innumerable men and women who are stepping behind the camera. Jordan Peele, you know, the, yeah. you know, 10, 20 years from now, you know could be could be that but spielberg's left his mark and and continues i sorry he's leaving his mark he you know but uh that's the remarkable thing about him is he's he is so unique in in so many ways um i like what you said there i'm a big marvel fan i've liked most of the films uh i have i think they're fun rides but after a while a lot of them uh fall into the mold uh black i will say the new black panther is 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 very different i, mm. I feel like that's good. i haven't i haven't seen the new one i'm, I'm excited yeah. to to see that I like uh, ryan coogler's work so yeah it feels different it, it feels different but but i agree i agree um wait wait this may be totally pointless but we should screen it or skip it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I go through all that. And I'm like, ah, skip it. You're yeah, fine. The Fablemans, uh, <laughs> I mean, screen it or skip it. You know, if you, you screen it, definitely. If you can go see it in theaters, I just, I liked seeing this in theaters. I'm like, I did, I, I, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm always just like, they don't make them like this anymore, right? That whenever you know, I see a film like this, you sound like an old man when you say that. Yeah. I'm sure they do. They, you know, there are a lot of good movies out. Um, but but I I if you can see it in theaters, it's it's like leaving as we speak. The final showings are happening right now. But if you can see it, check it out. If not, it is on VOD. But definitely screen it. And I assume you're gonna say the same thing too. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Twist. I've actually never appreciated the man's work. I find it uh, <laughs> reductive and. Uh, no, and populistic popularistic you're like i do not like it when characters gaze up 
towards the camera. I don't like that stare as John Williams music, you know, soars. <laughs> I hate that. I like a horizon right in the middle, Wade. That's the I way like we shoot right this podcast. That's the way. No, it, it's it's phenomenal. It's one of the best films of the year. I, I think it's. I, I agree. Think it's a remarkable story. It's it's, um, it's well executed. The cast is phenomenal. I think it's well worth seeing. I do think you know. I as much. I I mean. I think every film should be seen in theater. To be honest, but I think you you can watch this one at home and enjoy it in the mm. same way like if it's on vod now but i i think it's i think it's the type of film that that you can watch and enjoy and feel like it was a meaningful experience i think that it's i think it's wonderful it's a it's a great film yeah. so definitely screen it for me uh um, awesome as well wait thank you so much i really appreciate the chance to chat with you i always do um and uh no, about Spielberg or anything else, but I, I'm so glad to, to have you here. Uh, how can people connect with you? I know you, you've yeah. got a couple books out. You, you're on Letterboxd. How can people connect with you? Yeah, yeah. So my my Letterboxd handle is Wade Hans, H-A-N-C-E. Uh, so if you want to reach out to me there. Uh, I have a website, wadebearden.com. I don't really do too much. I have Twitter and Instagram, so that's, that's always possible. But yeah, I, I released a new book this year. It's called uh, To My Friend Who Left the Faith, A Letter to a Prodigal from a Prodigal, where I talk about some of the reasons why people leave the faith. And I tell my own faith story and, and what happened to me after high school. And so if people are interested in that, they can find it on Amazon and uh, I think maybe barnesandnoble.com too. And you can check that out and, and hopefully you'll enjoy if you enjoy the autobiographical uh, nature of Spielberg's films, this is a memoir and autobiographical in, in a sense too. So maybe you'll like that, like that. Uh, but yeah, you can check it out to my friend who left the faith. Oh, appreciate that. And we'll look forward to your film, The Wablemans. The as, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I was uh, I was homeschooled and uh, I had five siblings. And everybody's always like, man, you just have crazy stories about stuff you and your siblings, you and your brothers. I had three younger brothers. I was like, you know what? Maybe let's do something. Let's write a, let's write a story about what that was like. <laughs> hey, that sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate having you on. And um, as, as always, a reminder for you at home. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are available, and, and we do like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you can find uh, you can find our podcasts on Amazon, Apple, wherever wherever you are are doing so. If you go to the podcast page on our website, screenfish.net, you can download Fishing for More, which are some small group questions, help you get the conversation started about story and the Fablemans uh, with people that you see the the film with as well. Uh, we will be back next week for Christmas. Uh, as we are going to talk about Spirited, our Christmas special, we're going to talk about Spirited with uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, but uh, Wade, thank you so much, as always. And for you at home, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish.